The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with your host, Ty Maynard. We're the starting point for sales professionals and business owners who want to gain more clients, score higher margins, and not be left behind in sales and business. Now, here's Ty Maynard. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Welcome to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I'm your host, Ty Maynard, and my goal every week is to assist you in your quest to be the best in sales, business, and life. And we're going to continue to bring you top-shelf information, tactics, strategies, and ideas to assist you in being all that you can possibly be. We're going to talk about today's topic, which is the 10 biggest mistakes in telephone sales. So grab a a pen and grab a a pad of paper because there's going to be a lot of good information for you to take, all right? And the telephone used properly and for the right purpose is still an effective tool in today's sales arena, in your toolbox. Although technology such as social media continues to excel, the telephone can still be one of the best ways to reach a prospect, However, used improperly, the telephone can do more harm than good in the sales process. And so what we're going to do in today's show is we're going to talk about some major mistakes that are made in using the telephone for selling and how you can avoid them. And let's start, first of all, by talking about some of the things that executives and and, and their gatekeepers have shared with me about uh, using the telephone and when they receive phone calls from sales professionals or business owners. Number one, one of the first things they said that can, can get it off to a wrong start in your communication with them is using the wrong tone of voice because the person to whom you're speaking can't see you. The telephone focuses full attention on the tone of your voice, so you have to practice the proper voice inflection. If your voice is too high or low or gruff, your tone will be more noticeable over the telephone. And unless the person on the other end already knows you, they may receive a distorted picture of you based on how you sound. Now, I I share this in my workshops. Uh, Women have a tendency to do something with their voice inflection that men, as men, we don't do. So in this one instance... Uh, we need to be more like women on the telephone. And, and I'm sure ladies that are listening say, no, there are a lot of ways you need to be, be more like us. But when, when ladies finish a sentence, they have a tendency to finish the sentence on an upbeat, on an upswing. That sounds more energetic. It, it sounds more enthusiastic. And men, we have a tendency, when we finish a sentence, we have a tendency to finish as our voice is going down and it sounds more lethargic it doesn't sound as engaging so we need to practice 
we need to practice doing the upswing and voice intonations when we're on the phone. Uh, another thing that's really important is to sound energetic. Okay? There are several ways you can do that. One, you can, my recommendation is just to have a mirror in front of you. When you get ready to place a phone call, look into the mirror and smile before you actually start speaking to someone on the phone. You will be absolutely amazed what that does to your voice and tonation. Another thing that you can do is a lot of people will have a tendency to stand when they're talking. Because, again, that adds to your level of energy. Some people walk when they talk. That's fine as well. So the bottom line is make sure you have the correct tone of voice. And one of the things I recommend you do is just make a recording of your voice. Listen to it. And, and then ask yourself the question, what kind of image am I projecting? Is this how I want to sound to others? Also, let someone else hear the recording. A friend or an associate, they may be able to detect and point out ways you can improve your tone. And, and that's really critical. So that's number one. Step number two is the improper rate of speech. Uh, it's amazing. In some of my workshops, we, they have to... Uh, role play and sometimes I have them leave voicemails and when we are get on the phone all of a sudden for whatever reason we want to start rushing and the telephone besides directing attention to the tone of your voice exaggerates your rate of speech if you speak too rapidly believe it or not this in turn can lead to for some people mistrust uh, you're a fast talker. On the other hand, speaking too slowly can lead to people being impatient, saying, oh, my goodness, don't they realize I have other things to get done on the part of the listener? So they're basing their impression on how you sound and your rate of speech. Now, I haven't created this yet, but I really have this concept. I like to consider myself somewhat of an inventor. I do have a couple of inventions and patents. But I'm really thinking about coming up with something I would call a mouthometer. A mouthometer. Just think about that. Okay, you, you speak into this, and it tells you how fast you're speaking. It says, oh, you're speaking 280 words per minute. You're speaking 125 words per minute. They are going to sleep while you're speaking. Think about it, a mouthometer. I, I don't have it in production. I don't have a prototype yet. So in the meantime, what I'm going to recommend you do is get a Word document, get something, uh, get a document that's, you know, I don't know how many words it can be, but on the Word document, it has the little blanking cursor. And wherever that cursor is, all of the words before it show up at the bottom of the screen, and it tells you what the count is, all right? So the average rate of speech is about 150 words per minute. So if you have a tendency to speak on the slow side, my recommendation is that you speak no slower than 150 words per minute. If you have a tendency to speak really, really fast, don't speak any faster than 200 words per minute. Okay? So you should 
basically find something that's 150, 175 words per minute, and then time yourself reading it for a minute. And continue to practice this until you can do it consistently without fluctuating more than 10% either way. All right? So improper rate of speech. Because one of the things they've, they've told me, uh, gatekeepers and even decision makers have shared with me that they really don't like is, first of all, when they listen to your voicemail and then your voicemail says, and I, my, I can be reached that telephone number. And they have to take 10 minutes to try to find each digit by playing it back over and over again until they come up with the number they think it is. Or some of us may have some really tough names. So instead of breaking down your name phonetically so they can understand it, we just rattle off of our name and they have no idea what you said. So especially for your name and your phone number, try to slow it down. Try to slow it down. Let's talk about number three of the 10 biggest mistakes in telephone sales. Not getting through to the right person. Too often, sales professionals, business owners are willing to settle on the phone for the assistant Instead of the real decision maker, the real buying authority, someone we refer to as the man. Now, in this case, man is just an acronym. okay? and man stands for the person that has the money, the authority and the need. So we're trying to get to the person who has the money. They can they, they hold the purse strings. They have the authority, they have the ability to say yes, and they also can identify the need. But too many times, we will just settle for an assistant. For example, someone may say, I'm sorry, Mr. Jones is out of town. Can Ms. Anderson help you? And although it's often tempting to accept a substitution, your answer really should be no. If Mr. Jones is truly the person that counts, you're better off finding out when they'll be back than wasting this seller selling opportunity with a non-decision maker. So get through to the right person. As a matter of fact, whoever you're speaking with, my recommendation is each time you call the gatekeeper, your goal is to gather more information about either the decision maker, your goal is to gather more information about the company or more information about that person that answered the phone because you want to establish and build a relationship you want to build rapport with them so my thought is this if you call to get to decision maker and you can't actually get to them if you can gather more information about them for example you know if you were me uh, Martha when would you try to reach Mr. Jones What's normally the best time to try to reach him? Okay. Oh, you may gather information about the company or gather information about Ms., Ms., uh, about, about Martha, the assistant. Because when you build rapport, each time you call, they find out a little bit more about you. You find out a little bit more about them. And then all of a sudden, a relationship begins to, to be fostered. So failure 
let's talk about number four. I have just a couple of minutes before we have to take our break, and I'll get started with this. Failure to check the prospect's availability to talk. Failure to check the prospect's availability to talk. I asked top decision makers when I was developing my timing or fast track sales camp. I asked them, I said, should we, and I asked gatekeepers this as well, when we call you and we actually get you on the phone, should we ask you if now is a good time to talk? Their answer was unanimously, unanimous. And let's face it, good courtesy and good business suggest that you clear the way before plowing into a call. Uh, and I have a lot of people that will call me, and it's funny because they'll just launch into what they want to talk about. And I'll say, really, now is not a good time. I'm getting ready to leave for the airport. And I say, if you can call me back on Monday or Tuesday at this time, I'd be more than happy to talk to you. They act as though I didn't say anything. And I just sensed, I just told them that I am in a tense situation. I'm under a little bit of duress, and now it's not a good time to talk. So what they have a tendency to do is just ignore what I said and try to talk to me anyway. And I, I don't like to be rude, but if I just explain to you my, my position and my situation and you still try to talk, sometimes I have to hang up. So that's what can happen if we ignore what someone says. But it's time for us to take a short break. When we come back, I'm going to share with you what was told to me when I asked that survey question. Should we ask if now's a good time when we call a decision maker or we speak to the executive assistant? All right, so it's time for a short break. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and we will talk to you on the other side of the break. Stay tuned. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive for a reason. They shake up your status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time, for our special series on today's top HR trends. Learn how you can become the savvy HR innovator who takes your company across the finish line as you look ahead to the next breakthrough human resources strategy. HR Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. If you've ever wanted to know the inner workings of how auctions work, you'll want to tune in to Ed Spencer's American Auction View. Auctions establish markets and commerce that affect everyone in our country. Whether it's land, real estate, livestock, automobiles, collectibles, or household goods, people are turning auction items into cash in nearly every business market in the world. You can find out more about this unique and engaging industry every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're 
listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Time Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. And our topic today is the 10 biggest mistakes in telephone sales. And we just spoke about using the wrong tone of voice, improper rate of speech, not getting through to the right person. And now we're talking about the failure to check the prospect's availability to talk. And when I asked the question of top executives and, and decision makers and, and their assistants, I said, should we ask you if now is a good time to talk? Unanimously, they said, yes, ask that question, but only ask that, that question if you sense some type of stress or duress, or that the person is distracted in some form or another. Okay, so if, if they're in the middle of something, it's better to know that and just call back rather than to disturb them or even destroy your odds for a sale. And I'll give you an example. Uh, if you were to call and say, uh, hi, this is Ty Maynard with the Ty Maynard Group. Is now a good time to talk? They said if you say that, it's just too easy for them to say no because you haven't given them any valid reason why it makes sense for them to talk to you. So they say before you ask if now is a good time to talk, give them some compelling reason that might make them want to talk to you. Hi, my name is Ty Maynard with the Ty Maynard Group, and we have been instrumental in helping many companies in your area reduce their facility costs by enhancing the performance of their people. And is now a good time to talk to you, or should we schedule an appointment? Based, I gave them a valid reason as to why they may want to talk to me. So they may say, okay, no, I, I have a few minutes, go ahead. Or they may say, you know what, now really is not a good time. Could you call me back uh, on this time at this, uh, on this day? And you do it. But what I found interesting is if someone calls me, and I get calls all throughout the day, and, and by the way, the phone is, is always considered a disruption. You're always doing something else when someone calls, okay, you, you, when you get an unexpected call. But I'll tell people, listen, I'm really busy right now. I'm in the middle of something, and I, I don't want to be distracted. Can you call me back Monday at 10? I can tell you I never, ever get a call back. And if I tell someone, well, I can't say never, ever, probably 2% of the time I may get a call back. And I'm really interested in what they have to say. But it's amazing to me that if I tell them to call back, they don't call back. So this is what we're basically saying. You give them a compelling reason why they should talk to you before you ask if now is a good time to talk. Don't just say, hey, this is Ty. You got a few minutes? The answer is naturally going to be no. Let's talk about number five. Number five. 
using the telephone for the wrong purposes. Do not attempt to sell a complicated proposal, product, or service by phone. Few people will make a substantial investment over the phone. Also, you want to avoid presenting something which requires visualization such as blueprints, a chart, or a graph. Uh, Closing on the telephone is only effective if you sell products or services which call for a simple buying decision. Okay, an excellent use of the telephone. Really, in the primary use for the telephone is to make appointments, which is basically a pre-selling job in itself. Now, if you want to talk about uh, blueprints, if you want to talk about uh, graphs and charts, things that they actually have to see, there are several good tools today that you can use. You can actually use, uh, I believe, Skype to do that. There's another program called GoToMeeting, which I, I use quite often, where I can either take control of their computer, I can show them what's on my computer, I can also see them at the same time. And I really like these types of programs where I can actually see the person. If I can't, for whatever reason, get to them, I want to be able to see them. As a matter of fact, I do a lot of coaching that way because I get to actually see the person I'm working with. So if we are role-playing something, I also get to look to see if they look natural, if they look like they're comfortable with what they're saying. So these are some other tools to assist you with that. But the purpose of the telephone is to get the appointment. And I, I, I'll give you an example of a situation where I had a client I was talking to and trying to get them to, to use my services, and they were in another state. I was going to be doing some work with one company in their area, so I called them and said, hey, I'm going to be in your area. So what I'd like to do is... While I'm there, just stop by and meet with you so we can continue to have a conversation in person. And say, oh, you're going to already be up here? Okay, great. Come on in. So I went and met with the person, and I established rapport on some of the other shows. You've heard me talk about how you quickly establish rapport. You find some type of common ground. Uh, Turns out I play the keyboards. I compose music. And this person played the guitar. So I said, okay, hey, next time I'm in town, maybe we can have a, have a jam session. He he, ha ha. And then I segue into setting an agenda for that meeting, you know, and he accepted the agenda. And at that point in time, I pulled out a service agreement. That's right. I am in it to win it. Pulled out the service agreement and the gentleman was somewhat shocked, but he started looking at the agreement and he said, okay, um, this looks good. I have a question about this. I said, what's your question? Okay, we started negotiating. The negotiation went on for about 45 minutes or so. At the end of 45 minutes, uh, he said to me, I tell you what, what we've come up with looks really good. He said, when you get back to Tampa, uh, why don't you go ahead and make all of the revisions that we came up with and send this service agreement back to me, and I can't see why I wouldn't sign it. I said, okay, that's great news. I said, I just want to make sure I'm clear on what you're saying. Are you telling me if you had a revised agreement in front of you right now, you'd go ahead and approve it? And he paused and he said, well, yeah, I guess I am saying that. I said, great, Rod, because I travel with my computer and a portable printer, so why don't I make those changes right now? 
and his chin hit the ground. And I reached into my bag, pulled out my notebook computer, pulled out my little Canon BC 90 bubble jet computer uh, printer. And within five or six minutes, I also had my letterhead. I made the revisions, printed it off and had it in front of him to approve. He approved it. And then he called the vice president of sales for this organization. And this is what he told him. He said, you won't believe what that guy did. He said, I was trying to blow him off. So I told him when he got back to Tampa to send me the revised agreement and I would probably sign it. He pulled out a computer and printer in my office and redid it. And I had to sign it there. And then the VP of sales for that company said, why do you think we want him training our people? But I guess the moral of the story is this. I would not have been able to get him to approve my agreement if I was not sitting in front of him. So that substantiates the point that the ultimate purpose of the telephone is to get the appointment. It makes all the difference in the world when you get the appointment. All right, so let's talk about number six. We have just a couple of minutes before the break. Telling too much. If your purpose is to really sell an appointment, do just that and no more. Nothing more. Don't undermine your your personal presentation by leaking the proposition on the phone. If you do, you'll not only reduce your face-to-face effectiveness, more seriously, you'll give the prospect time to build up defenses based on possible misunderstandings they received over a brief phone call. So all we want to do is sell the appointment. That's it. We don't want to try to build rapport. Once you get the appointment, get off the phone. (laughs) Once you get the appointment, get off the phone. Don't stay on the phone. And and once you have the appointment, say, so, do you have kids? Uh, How about those buccaneers? Don't say anything because they are gauging in your phone conversation whether or not they really want to let you into their office. And the, the normal mindset of an executive is, th- is this. If you can be concise and to the point over the telephone, there is no way I am going to let you in my office. If you can be concise and to the point over the telephone, there is no way I'm going to let you into my office. And as a matter of fact, if we do that, what's going to happen is we're going to get resistance. Because think about it. The phone, was all, phone call was already a disruption. And, and all decision makers have what we call reflex resistance. As a matter of fact, everybody has reflex resistance. When someone calls you at home and you actually pick up the phone, you have some surefire things that normally get rid of sales professionals. Okay, uh, I'm eating dinner right now. I'm not interested. I've heard some people even say, well, I'm sorry, but he's dead. I would not. (laughs) I would be careful with that one if you're still alive. I don't want to prophesy like that. But we all have things that we say that will get us off the phone. So we need to be really mindful 
about staying on too long and telling too much that's going to cause people to be resistant to us. So let's just talk about very quickly some of the possible objections you might get if you push too hard or you stayed on the phone too long. They may say, well, I tell you what, just send me some literature. And I think we've all heard that. And they say, just send me some literature, and if I'm interested, I'll give you a call back. And one of the responses I would recommend you use if someone gives you to just, just, just send me some literature, and if I'm interested, I'll call you back. You may say, that's exactly why I'd like to see you. We have so much information that unless I'm really clear on what you're looking to accomplish now and long term, I wouldn't even know what to send you. Once I'm clear on your direction, Mr. Johnson, I would be better prepared to send you the most appropriate or provide the most appropriate information based on what you're looking to accomplish now and long term. And then you ask for the appointment again. All right. So what we're going to do now is take another short break. This is the fastest hour of the week. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and we will talk to you on the other side of the break. Stay tuned. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind. With host Chris Cooper, you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. These people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more. Be More, Achieve More can be heard live Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patients. Let's sell something. And the topic today is the 10 biggest mistakes in telephone sales. Okay. And we were talking about number six, telling too much on the, inf- uh, on the telephone that could ultimately cause resistance. And I was sharing with you uh, some of the examples that you may receive 
regarding resistance. They may say, just send me some literature. That's normally designed to get rid of you. Let me tell you something. In the majority of instances, when someone says, just send literature, we as the sales professional, we feel, oh, my goodness, they're interested. They are not interested. They're doing that in the majority of cases to get you off of the phone and your marketing dollars, that nice pretty brochure, goes in the round file. But that's just a tactic to get rid of most salespeople. And our job is to get in front of them. Another uh, thing that they may say to you is, well, you know, I appreciate your calling, but we are really pleased with our current supplier. The one thing I don't want you to do is try to identify who that current supplier is and try to make them feel like they made a bad decision because the only thing that's going to happen is their guard is going to go up because they're going to, they want to justify their decision. They don't want you to insinuate that they made a bad decision by asking questions, well, what don't you like about them? So what normally happens is you're going to get that resistance with the statement, hey, we're really pleased with our current supplier. As a matter of fact, that happened to me yesterday. And I said, well, who are you using? And they told me, I said, okay, they're a very reputable company. I said, as a matter of fact, I have a multitude of clients that use me and their company, my company and their company, and they seem to like that arrangement because they feel they get the best of both worlds. I guess my question, Mr. Johnson, would be, suppose for a moment that we had some ideas that were exclusive to us that could assist you in reaching your sales objectives. Wouldn't you at least want to know about them? And in that case, I did not try to beat up the company that he was already pleased with. I say I told him it's not uncommon to have two uh, vendors that can serve you equally well. And suppose for a moment we had some ideas that were exclusive to us that could assist you in your growth initiative. Wouldn't you at least want to know about them? And that's, a, that's a, basically a rhetorical question because I want him thinking about that answer when then I ask for his commitment. So let's talk about the next one. Number seven, number seven, not offering the buyer a provocative reason for meeting with you. As I just mentioned, when you first call a stranger, you face built-in resistance. We call it reflex nose. They don't know you. He might not even or she might not even know your company. They don't know much about what you have to offer, and they can't see what you look like. So the natural thing is just to try to get rid of you. So you have to offer them a reason for the meeting, a benefit. Don't just merely ask for that time. It's precious. Instead, offer them something in return. And it's, it's pretty difficult to turn down a benefit. Identify some type of outcome your clients have received as a result of working with you. One of the things I don't endorse is telling an executive what you can do for him and what you can do for his company. Don't call an executive and say to them, you know, we can reduce, we can, we can improve your bottom line by 25%. And if you, if you call me and say that, I'm going to say, huh, aren't you special? I mean, I have been trying to figure out how to do that for a while now. <laughs> but you and your infinite wisdom, not even knowing anything about my company, you already know you can do that. Hmm. Come on in. 
So they take issue with you telling them what you can do for their company. And their thought is, you don't even know me. You don't know what we're experiencing. You don't know the downturns. You don't know the challenges. How can you make a bold claim like that and expect me to believe it? So you lose credibility when we make big, big fat claims like that. But what we can do, we can tell them what we have done for other companies. We can tell them what we've done for companies similar to theirs. We can tell them what we've done for companies in their industry. We can tell them what we've done for our clients. You know, so I can say we have been instrumental in reducing the cost of many of our clients' facility costs by as much as a million dollars in a year. I'm not saying I can do that for him, but I've said I've done that for others. And then I can say what I'd like to do is meet with you briefly to determine if you could receive these or other benefits. What I'd like to do is learn more about your direction and then that will help me quickly identify how we can be of assistance to you as well. So that's what we want to do. We want to give them a provocative reason for meeting with us. All right, so let's talk about number eight, not probing for needs. And failing to listen is probably the single biggest failure of salesmen. You heard me last in the last episode, I talked about never tell someone what you can ask them. We want to always be probing. We want to always ask questions. But the other side of the coin of asking good questions is listening. So what's the remedy for this? And, and the remedy is basically to plan your phone calls in advance. What questions are you going to ask? And be ready to adapt the presentation to your customer's needs. That will take some research on your part. I mentioned uh, I had an appointment one time with uh, a bank president who had this really bold claim that in a down economy, she was going to improve the assets of the, the bank by $500 million. So when she was not really interested in seeing me, one of the things I, I didn't then mention was I said, well, you know, I, I was really impressed with the article that I read on, uh, regarding your growth initiative to improve the assets of the bank by $500 million. And I said, what type of internal training do you have to give your, your people the skill sets to, to accomplish that? And she said, well, well, I'm not sure I understand. I said, well, in order for you to gain $500 million in new assets in a down economy, you're, you're going to have to take business from your competitors, which requires a, a new business development skill set. I say, what, what training do you currently have that you can provide to, to help your people bring in that business so you can hit that, that, that big goal? And then she realized she was in trouble. So she scheduled the appointment. She needed to hear more because there are two primary reasons people don't ultimately do business with us. Number one is they are not aware of a problem. Number two, if they are aware of the problem, they are not sufficiently disturbed about the problem. So basically, our goal is to make them aware of the problem and to get them sufficiently disturbed about the problem. 
Because imagine this. If I just walked up to you and say, hey, here, here's some aspirin, uh, you're going to say, no, I'm good. Thank you. I appreciate the offer, though. But if I had somebody behind you hit you upside the head and give you a headache, and then I offered you the aspirin, you would say, oh, my goodness, thank you. How did you know I needed that? So our job is to identify problems in a particular company by doing research or by having a coach. We've talked about all the different ways we can uncover this information, identify a problem, and then get them sufficiently disturbed about the problem. And I I heard a story that was really interesting I'd like to share with you very quickly. It was about this manager. uh, His sales team was not doing very well, and uh, he was having his morning sales meeting, and he didn't realize that his boss came in the back and was just sitting in on the meeting. And when the meeting was over, he turned around and saw his boss. And they went into the regional manager's office, and, the, and he said to his boss, well, you can, you can lead a horse to water, but you just can't make him drink. And then his boss said, well, you know what? You're right. You can't make him drink. And really, that's not why I hired you. He said, it's your job to make them thirsty. So that's what we want to do with our clients, with our prospects. You can't make them drink, but if we ask the right questions, if we've done our research, we can make them thirsty to the point that they want to drink on their own. So we're not going to make them drink. We're going to make them thirsty. And we're going to ask good probing questions, as I just gave you some examples of. But then the key is to listen carefully. You want to listen to understand what they're dealing with. You don't want to listen just to respond. Because if you're listening to respond, what typically happens is you're going to end up hearing just a few sentences and think you have all of the information you need. And you need to take note of everything that they say not just a few words but the entire thing okay so not probing for needs and remember questioning is important but listening to really understand is equally important and how you listen to understand it's it's simple you concentrate on what they're saying stay in the now and it's funny how when someone's talking to us everything wants to come into our mind while they're talking to us hmm we need dog food while they're talking to you, thinking that you need dog food. Or, did I turn the gas grill off yesterday? Oh, my vacation in Turks and Caicos really was great 10 years ago. Focus on the now, okay? All right, let's talk about number nine. Number nine. Number nine is just fine. The fastest hour of the week. Assuming that you understood the buyer correctly. Assuming that you understood the buyer correctly. And before I get into this, it's time for us to take our final break of the fastest hour of the week. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. We're taking our last short break. I'm your host, Ty Maynard. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. How is your plan going? Could you use a little help on your path to success? Why not step up and play big? Join host Chris Ruisi for a show that will help you identify the possibilities that await you. Too many people succumb to just being average when they could be exceeding average without too much more effort. It's time for you to become exceptional. Raise the bar to your success. Basically, it's time for you to step up and play big. Join Chris Ruisi every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard. And right now, you didn't realize this, but you are being Maynardized. I hope you're enjoying it. I hope it's a good feeling and experience for you. I know I am. And we are talking about the 10 biggest mistakes in telephone sales. And we're on number nine, number nine, and let's talk about that. And that's assuming you understood the buyer correctly. This basically lines up with what we were talking about uh, before the break, where we're talking about listening to understand. So understanding exactly what the buyer is saying is essential to your being able to serve them properly. Therefore, you must keep an accurate record of what is said. Do not trust your memory. The older I get, the less I trust my memory. All right, take notes. Write it down. And uh, as a matter of fact, there was a saying, I think it was Confucius. He said, the weakest ink will outlast the strongest memory. I've heard the saying, the shortest uh, lead on a pencil will outlast the longest memory. Don't trust your memory. And I came up with my own version. Don't just think it. Ink it. Yeah. All right? Take notes. Do not trust your memory. How many times have you been in a meeting, and by the time you left that meeting and walked to the parking lot in your vehicle, where your vehicle is, and you couldn't remember certain aspects of that meeting, or it became somewhat foggy? All right? So take notes, and then you also want to confirm back to them that prospect, what they said. 
Read back details to that prospect or buyer before you continue. This feedback assures that the to the buyer that you understood them correctly. Uh, so basically, you would ask your questions. So, what are you looking to accomplish? And they'll answer it. Okay, and I'm looking for flexibility. Okay, so what do you mean by flexibility? Then you understand it. And why is that so important now for your company? They'll tell you. And what would be the impact if you weren't able to accomplish this flexibility in the very near future? And why they're telling you all these things, write it down. And then what you want to say at the end is, okay, just to make sure we're on the same page, one of the most important you think one of the most important things you said your company must have is flexibility. And by flexibility, you mean you want to repeat back to them verbatim what they said. If at all possible, write it down verbatim. Don't try to paraphrase. You need to mirror back to them exactly what they said. Okay, so by flexibility, you mean, and the reason that's so important now for your company is because, and repeat back to them verbatim what they said, the impact, if you aren't able to accomplish this in the very near future, would be, and again, repeat back to them what you heard them say. And this may sound elementary, but people, your prospects, your clients will appreciate it. They will say, oh, my goodness, you get it. You really understand. And guess what? If you got something wrong, this now gives them an opportunity to correct it. They may say, well, no, I didn't really mean it that way. What I really meant was this. So it gives you an opportunity to get things clarified and make sure that you are both literally on the same page. So let's talk about number 10. Countdown number 10. And that's assuming that the buyer heard you correctly. It's also necessary to get assurance from the buyer that they understood what you are saying. Use test questions such as how would this relate to your situation or interject these and other test questions frequently to determine if you and that particular prospect are really headed towards a sale. How do you feel about that idea? All right. Now, keep in mind, there is a situation you can even use this. And not just a sale. Let's say you you have a customer that's upset. And they say to you, well, you know, I appreciate your calling, but, you know, we had a bad experience with your company. So I don't think there's any reason to for us to talk. And at that point, you can use a tactic technique called put the shoe on the other foot. You can say, with all due respect, Mr. Holmes, that's exactly why I'd like to see you. If, if you're telling me you had a bad experience with our company, let me ask you, as president of your company, if you found out one of your clients was upset with you to the point where they were prepared to no longer do business with you, would you want to go find out what happened? So you can see if you could repair it or rectify it. Mr. Mr. Johnson, I'm only doing what I think you would do in my position. Can I schedule a time to see you? Now, there are a couple of reasons we want to get that appointment to see them. And, and by the way, that 
approach was called put the shoe on the other foot. I can't think of one company that has not had a comp- a customer that may have been upset with them. And our all of our goals is recovery, to rescue that relationship and to save it. And so when you put that, isn't this what you would do? If you had a customer that was upset, wouldn't you want to meet with them to see if you could salvage that relationship? I'm only doing what you would do if you were in my position. That really, really works well. Okay. Another reason you want to try to get in front of that particular customer, again, the purpose of the telephone is to get the appointment. Because people will be meaner (laughs) to you on the telephone when they don't have to look at you than if they're looking in your eyes. People just seem to tend to tone things down when they look at you face to face. And this gives you an opportunity to hear from them firsthand what transpired that caused them to be so upset. And sometimes I found with individuals, just having someone listen helps them feel better. I've had it where someone was maybe distraught or upset. Just the fact that they had some caring, listening ears. Afterwards, like, whew, they felt better. They felt justified even. So we want to always use the telephone for the primary purpose of getting in front of an audience. Don't try to sell over the phone unless what you're selling is transactional. It's, it's a decision that can be easily made over the telephone. No type of complex sale do we want to try to initiate over the telephone. And as usual, I, I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed talking to you. If you are getting benefit from this show, then we want your help. Okay? If you like what you're getting, show it by giving us a vote of approval. Go to our Facebook page, Ty Maynard Group, and like us. Tell others about the show. I mean, get your, get your sales team listening to the show. If you're executives, I have many of my clients who will have a sales meeting on one of the topics from the, from the recent shows. And then they will talk about that. And, and it's just an awesome way to keep sharpening the axe. Keep sharpening the axe. I would highly recommend that you visit the TyManerGroup.com online store. You definitely want to have a copy of the book for Get Patients, Let's Sell Something in your reference library. Some of the things that I talk about on the show, we go into greater detail in the book. We also have other different products there. Go check out my, my, my website. We have a brand new website that we're excited about. We have all types of neat stuff on it. I have a blog. Check out what I'm putting in the blog every week. Also on my Facebook page, uh, several times a week, four to five times a week, I will have a positive, encouraging things on the Facebook page that you can share with others. Connect with me on Twitter. Connect with me on LinkedIn. I want to continue to pour into you. All right? And if you're interested in coaching, if you like what you're getting here, and you want to take your career to the next level, give me a call so we can talk about our exceptional coaching, so we can mainerize you on a personal one-to-one basis. Call me at 888 605-1040. That's 
605-605-1040 or reach out to me. Let me know how you feel about the show. If you want to talk about uh, getting online for coaching, you can uh, send me an email at ty, T-Y-E, at ty, T-Y-E, Mainer, M-A-N-E-R, group.com, ty at tymaynergroup.com. So thanks again for listening in. Tell others we are growing by leaps and bounds every month. I appreciate your support and look forward to talking to you next week. But in the meantime, forget patience. Let's sell something. Take care and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for tuning in to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. Ty Maynard will be back next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We look forward to you joining us then. In the meantime, forget patience, let's sell something. Something.